I didn't realize that the middle button they had was set up to paste. It was Cisco oh. gear. I was on the. I was. I was looking at another switch. I did a paste accidentally with the button, and because you know Cisco, it's uh, it's you put the config in, you press enter, and it says, "Okay, we're gonna yep. destroy the network." It, yeah. it took down the whole network. It was a big network. Oh gosh. If you're looking to start a career as a network engineer, it can be extremely stressful if you don't know where to start and don't have the proper tools. Nowadays, it's information overload out there with so many people telling you what you need to do to be successful. How do you know what the right thing to do is? Well, today's guest literally goes by the OG of IT and has built up years of knowledge that he's going to share with us today. He's an IT trainer with CBT Nuggets, which I feel is one of the best online e-learning platforms out there. He's double CCIE certified, and in all honesty, I couldn't think of anyone better to give us advice on how to start a career in the networking field. Without further ado, please welcome Keith Parker to the show. Welcome, Keith. How's it going? Uh, Dakota, finally, I get to hang out with you. It's, it's going great. And thanks for having me on. I know. We, we got to finally meet in person at Cisco Live this year, which was an absolute blast. And yep. uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the channel. You got it. Happy to do it. Absolutely. Well, for the few people that's been living under a rock and don't know who you are, do you mind giving them a bit background of who you are and what you do in the field? Okay, I'd love to. Um, I started my career in IT at a bank back in the 80s. So I got a job at a bank, and it was in the middle of a Walmart, and then no one ever came by, and they had an IBM PC. And so um, I used my time, a lot of free time, to train myself on how to use something called DOS. Back in the day, that was a disk operating system, not a denial of service attack. And I uh, got my first job with EDS back in the 80s and then progressed to Paramount Pictures and Blue Cross of California and on and on and on. Uh, and I today, I teach full-time uh, for CBT Nuggets. I also love building home lab environments. I also consult on the site occasionally. Uh, so my primary job these days is doing training uh, straight to a camera like this one right here. Awesome. You know, and let's kind of just dive right into the talk. So, you know... I so often get people coming to me saying that they're interested in getting a career in networking. And most of the time I'm like, well, cool. You know, but what interests you about networking? Are you interested in becoming a network engineer? Do you want to work in wireless or voice or the bigger question? I think nowadays, do you want to work on on-prem uh, networks or in the cloud? Do you mind kind of diving into how to pick an area of interest within the networking field? That is uh, that's a good one. Um, so there is so much. When I meet somebody who they say they're going to school for computer science, I'm like, oh, the world's open to you. What do you like to do? And a lot of times they don't know yet if they're just starting off. So like, for example, I've got a lot of friends that are full stack developers and they love coding. They love it. Uh, I have other friends who are uh, not so much loving the coding part, but love the bits and bytes of networking and integration of how that works. Um, so as far as determining what a person wants to do, I never dreamed about having any of the jobs in IT that I had because all I did was I thought, well, this computer thing is pretty cool. <laughs> and so I started <laughs> studying with it. And the actual the other thing, too, is I, I knew I loved it, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So back in the 80s, this is a long time ago, but the concept is still true. I got a loan for $5,000 back in the 80s. That's a lot of money. Wow. Yeah. Back then, that's a super lot of money. So I got a loan. I went to a school where they trained me about a lot of basic stuff. Like I, I can, you know, determine a resistor by the color code and a whole bunch of stuff that I've never used Dakota ever in my real life. 
But that got uh, me see? the entry-level job with EDS, electronic data systems. And then I, they started teaching me how to work on microcomputers. I had never you know, worked on one before. So I think it's really just having an interest, being willing to learn. And I would like to share how I got my first job. Do you have a minute for that? Absolutely. So I was um, interviewing for EDS. I was in uh, like seven or eight months into a year-long course, a technical course uh, at Control Data Institute in um, – I think it was in uh, El Segundo, California – uh, anyway, down near LA somewhere. Anyway, I was eight months into this one year course and EDS came looking for people. And my, the trainers, the teachers I had pulled me out of school and said, you got to interview this guy because he's really motivated and excited. I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know anything, but I did know that I never had to finish that technical college because they got a job right out. So I had this interview and, um, at the time, this is going to sound so old, but the concepts are still applicable. Laser printers were a new thing back in the 80s. It was like, it was like laser printer. Woo. So, um, I had an interview and Anita Martinez said to me, uh, she said, uh, there, I was interviewing, interviewing with her and I said, what can I do between now and my next interview to help better prepare me to do a great job if I get the job and hit, hit the ground running? I was sincere too. So she, I was sincere. So she gave me this big book on a laser printer. I took that book and I started reading. I didn't get through the whole thing because it's huge, but I started reading it. And then when I came back from my follow-up interview, she said, tell me about the basics of a laser printer. And I did because, <laughs> nice. I'd, because I'd, I was like, well, you had the fuser assembly, you have the corona wire, you have the positive charge on the particles. And she was impressed that I took the initiative. And that's why she hired me. She didn't hire me because of my skills. She hired me because of my ability or my desire to learn something or something new. And that's how it all started. So uh, the key is that's so cool. So going back to your question, Dakota, um, people may not know what they like or don't like until they try something. And so, um, you know, if you're going to school or studying for computers in general, maybe try a little JavaScript or try a little Python or try a little bit of networking and see what really is exciting for you, and then start just pursuing that. I remember meeting people uh, in my career in various fields where I saw them and they had a job that I wanted or I thought I wanted. So I'd, I'd interview them and say, Hey, can I buy you lunch? Take them to lunch and say, Hey, what does the person have to do to get where you're at? And you know what they all involved work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All of them. Absolutely. And so the coaching I got was, uh, you know, start just you know, every day, every week, just do a little more, a little more, a little more. And also just be aware it's a small world. And the person that's, you know, working at your side today, maybe your boss tomorrow, or you may be hiring them tomorrow. So just be nice to everybody. And uh, those were some really cool, uh, very useful tips I got very early on in my career. You know, I, I can I can agree to that, especially the part where so my very first job in IT was an IT support specialist, and um, I had no formal job experience. I hadn't even finished this A plus. I was still working on my A plus, and um, but I had I had a home lab. I had studied. You know, I I was previously back in high school. I actually took the CCNA back in uh, gosh oh six. Um, my high school offered the CCNA, so I already, already knew I loved networking, and. In my job interview for my first job I had, I did something very similar. And I said, how can I better myself, you know, if I get offered the position between now and the next interview, what can I do to better my skills? And the hiring manager at the time said, we use a lot of Cisco Meraki. And I said, 
what is Cisco Meraki? <laughs> um, and uh, he's like, he explained it. And he's like, you know, matter of fact, uh, back in the day, you used to be able to get freed like a demo device with a one-year license of Cisco Meraki products. He's like, go out sign up for this, get the gear for free and start playing with it. And then, you know, we'll, we'll talk again. So I did just that. I went out, I got a, a router, I got or a firewall, I got a switch and I got an AP and I started playing around with it. I built a home lab and started configuring it. And then I reached out to him on LinkedIn about a couple of weeks later, just doing a follow-up and he's like, have you done anything with uh, Cisco Meraki gear? I said, matter of fact, I have it running a full stack deployment, running and managing my home network. And this is what I've done and learned already. And about a week later, he calls me up for another interview, said, and offered me the job on the spot. Um, so, I mean, that's a really, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people freeze up when they get, you know, to the end of the interview and don't know what the questions to ask. Mm-hmm. I think that's just one you can keep in your back pocket and is really great. Oh, that's that's amazing. So, Dakota, we had no pre-collaboration on that those stories. And that that's the same scenario, 22 decades apart. Yeah, and it works. And so that would be so. so, If she's listening to this podcast in ten years, it'll still work by simply being interested and taking the initiative. So, good job on the Meraki stuff. That's awesome. Uh, Absolutely. And you know, um, now I am the director of network operations, and I've recently gone through a hiring um, process. And there's one guy who had no formal on-the-job experience, but he had a home uh, Linux lab, and he actually linked to his GitHub repository. He had no formal experience, no training, but he, in his free time, he showed me all the stuff he's been doing with this and creating web servers and stuff and teaching himself Linux. And that uh, there sold me on this guy. I'm like, you know, when can you start? So that's awesome. So you hired him already then he started. Yep. He started, he's been on with us for the last two weeks and it's just been blowing everyone's mind. So Uh, congratulations. That's awesome. Absolutely. So, Let's kind of build on that. And my next question is, you know, people looking to get in the networking field, a lot of times I get people like, do I have to start at the help desk? No one seems to want to do their time on the help desk. And they're like, can you jump straight into a networking role with no previous on-the-job experience? i kind of like to hear your thought about that. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. So I think the best yeah. way to look at that would be to look at it from somebody else's perspective. So let's imagine... Yes. That somebody wants to get in the world of networking and just let's imagine that we're all everybody who in the sound of our voice right now uh, own a company. And let's just say we've all put in a million dollars in this company and we want to build this company and hire the right people. As we're looking at people to hire, are we going to hire somebody with zero experience with networking and give them a networking role? Right. I'm not. I'm not. So I would yeah, say that's no, not absolutely. realistic. So, no, absolutely. Uh, so I, I remember David Nelson back in the day um, when I when I was a young whippersnapper. Um, <laughs> Novell was the networking king of the of the empire. Uh, they were just absolutely. the the bee's knees, and so uh, never network. I won't go into all the stupid versions, but network was it. And at the time, early on in my career, I was a field technician. I was repairing and working with the PCs and everything else. I did my fair share of damaging PCs with static electricity, you know, discharge and everything else. I made all mistakes, um, but I survived it all. And I met this guy named David Nelson who came in and was doing the networking. And I thought to myself, as I have many times in my career, that looks amazing. 
And it looks like you've got a good job and it looks like you're making a lot more money than I am. And it looks like it's easier. <laughs> um, I want to find out what you do. And so I took him to lunch and he said, here's what I did. Here's how I got into it. And then I befriend those, those people that I want to learn more about. And then I just simply say, what should I be reading? What should I be studying? And I start learning that. And you know what? My next job, networking with Novell from help that from the um, field technician, just because I was able to find out what he did, start training myself on how to do it. Uh, back in those days, labs were harder because the gear was super expensive. Like an Ethernet exactly. card is like eight hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. For, and that was like a a T a T connector, the barrel connector. Oh gosh! Brand new. Uh, anyway, so I'd say for somebody who wants to get into a networking role, I would say get any job you can. Um, volunteer. Uh, faith based organizations, schools if they'll have you. Uh, your neighbor's small business. If you can help somebody get that experience of doing stuff, it's a win-win because you may be able to help them and you're also going to build, start building your experience. And that way, when you go to a job interview, here, here's the, here's the rub. Yeah. Uh, I used to work for uh, a few different CCA training companies. One of them was INE back in the day. And uh, uh, Peter Lepukov, who is an amazing, I think he has like, six or eight CCAs. I forget what she does. Um, <laughs> he's amazing. I think he works for Microsoft or for Facebook, somebody big. He's the most brilliant, one of the most, one of the most brilliant engineers I know. Uh, Russ White's also amazing. And there's others that are also equally amazing. But when I went to work at INE as a CCA trainer, he was putting me through the test about, you nice. know, about my initial connections. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a double CCA, but he was testing me. So one thing we want to do is we want to be ready with real experience so that when push comes to shove, we can push and not just get yeah. shoved because there's nothing worse than being in a situation if we've fudged our way or if we're not sure about this or that the other. It's okay not to know about something. But be if you have a, about it, though. Yeah, if you have a certification that says, I know these things, you need to have the, the oomph to back it up. And so – the process of getting from a like a service desk into a, a network technician, it could be a short. Uh, my my average career, uh, my average job, <laughs> ever since 1985 up until CBT Nuggets was two years or less. It's like that guy can't hold a job. No, those guys couldn't pay me enough. That's what it was. I just outgrow Absolutely. every single job. And so uh, CBT Nuggets now I've been there for 11 years. So congratulations. Um, thank you. But they challenge me. They give me the opportunity to continue to grow. And now my focus is on how do I make training that's consumable? That's like, like just in time training based on what they know now and what they want to learn. And I get to apply all those real world skills in helping people learn. So, um, yeah, it's okay to change careers, uh, as long as you continue to grow. And the other thing I learned too, to go to a long time ago is I don't know how many of these things are true, <laughs> but I can yeah. tell you they work. One is do more than you're paid for. That's Absolutely. my dad 30 years, 40 years ago taught me that Keith always do more than what you're paid for. And I've always done my best to do that. And then in part of that is to increase my skills. Like if, if I'm at a company and they've got, uh, say they've got Palo Alto firewalls, guess what I'm going to bone up on? Palo Alto Absolutely. Firewalls. Palo Alto. Yeah. If I'm in a company, they've got Cisco, uh, they've, or they've got uh, uh, Fortinet, you know, FortiGates, and they've got Forti switches and all that. I'm going to get good at that. If it's if it's a Cisco shop and they've got Firepower Threat Defense with the Firepower Management Center, 
I'm going to get really good at that because I'll have the chance to actually see it and touch it and so forth. So, um, anyway, I was just kind of rambling there, but, uh, the key no, is just, it's all great advice. Start, start wherever you can, even if it's free and just, you know, keep going. So I got questions all the time. of like, Oh my gosh, I need to make more money. How do I do it? Secret is be worth more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, there's several things I want to unpack of that, you know, okay. um, you know, it's, it's common. A lot of people, you know, back in the day, I think it was common to work for the same employer for a long amount of time and you get raises based on your job performance. And that was the best way to get raises. I don't think those that's true anymore. I think a lot of times you'll, you'll still get raises if you're a hard worker and a good worker. But if you're looking like if you're working at like a basic help desk job making 40000 a year, and you want to jump up to like sixty, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year. Keep in mind, you're probably going to have to find another company to work for. You know, correct yep. me if I'm wrong there, but. Yeah, also because, uh, the, unfortunately, if a person starts off at, you know, 20000 or 30000 even if they become worth 60000 they're not likely to get it at the same company. There's some kind of a mental uh, shackles on that person. Where they say, well, you came in as this. We're not going to pay you. A... So sometimes you have to leave. It- it does yeah. happen once in a while. Um, yep, you know, it could happen. Personally, I, I, I've had two really large raises at two different employers. I was blown away, but it, it's well, rare. That's because they're smart and they want to keep you because you are Absolutely. like super motivated, right? You're learning. You're getting better all the time. And they realize that if they don't do it, they're going to lose you. So um, the other technique that I've always used is I would increase my skills, whatever they were. And then if I was going to leave, I would never um, – try to negotiate or say, hey, I'm going to leave if you don't give me a raise. I would just lock in the new position. And usually it's a 40 to 50% raise every time I moved for right. 20 plus years. So let's do the math That's on all amazing. that. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but I tell them, you know, I got a better opportunity. I loved working here. I've got a better opportunity. I can't, I really can't turn away. I need to get my notice. And if they want to say, if they want to keep me and they want to, you know, pony up and make me an offer that's great but that's not my intention my intention is to keep on moving and never burn a bridge i think i can go back to all my previous employers and they would have me back in a heartbeat because i always did more than i was paid for i tried to and i was always honest and kind to everybody and i hope i just want to be i want to be a a positive (laughs) a positive little cog in a big machine so that make the light you know the world a teeny bit better if i can Absolutely. And I, I, I've, that's a huge piece of advice is, you know, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of my previous employers would take me back as well. Um, I've always tried to leave them better off than where I, I came into them. Um, you know, maybe there's an employer out there that's upset that I left because they didn't realize how much I was doing for them. <laughs> but other than that, uh, absolutely. Now, I want to dive into certifications. Um, You know, I feel like CompTIA's Network Plus and Cisco CCNA are the two most common entry-level certifications in the networking field. Um, And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like, you know, certifications can be one of the quickest ways into the field, but definitely would like to know your thoughts on that. Hey, we'll get right back into the conversation here in a second, but... I want to talk about something crucial. AI is reshaping our business world and the cybersecurity landscape. As AI speeds up our workflows and opens new frontiers, it also brings complex challenges, especially when it comes to cyber threats. These are becoming more sophisticated and the stakes 
are higher than ever. AI has created a new form of cyber threats and is lowering the bar for novice cyber criminals while increasing the potential pool of threat actors. At the forefront of this battle is Palo Alto Networks. They are using AI to combat these AI-enhanced threats. With their cutting-edge machine learning models, they offer near-real-time detection and prevention of cyber threats. From DNS hijacking to securing AI applications from the design phase, Palo Alto Networks is redefining cybersecurity. To accomplish this, they introduced Precision AI powered by Palo Alto Networks, a proprietary artificial intelligence system designed to enhance security operations across multiple dimensions. So if you're intrigued how AI can safeguard your digital space, head over to Palo Alto Networks and discover how Precision AI automates detection, prevention, and remediation with industry-leading accuracy. Okay, now back to the interview. I, I would say that uh, certifications depend, and let's let's chat about that for a moment. Yeah. Uh, I've got several family. Let's see here. I'll just one of my sons. I've got seven kids, and my uh, one of my kids, one of my boys, is a full stack developer. I mean, he is really good. He is so nice. good. What you, like if I have to do a course and involve Sam Al or OAuth or something, I'll, I'll call him and say, "Hey, uh, do I have this right?" He go, "Yep, nailed it." Or he'll say, "Nope." <laughs> here's how the identity provider works. Here's how this. Here's how the API works. And he'll he'll straighten me out. Um, wherever they go with thought. Oh, cert. So, for a developer. Most employers don't give a hoot about any type of certification. They want to know, can you do the job? Yeah. Can you do it well? They don't even care if you use AI. You can go ahead and use AI for the base code, then go through it and, and correct it and update it and so forth. They just want somebody who can do the job. Um, for networking uh, at the higher end, they also don't really care about certifications. Uh, if you want to be a manager at a big company, they may require a master's degree in business or something like that for that purpose. But for, as far as a technician at the higher end, they also don't care. It's like once you have yeah. like a, a CCI level experience, uh, a lot of times they aren't asking. But but sometimes in life it pays to have a, a smaller focus so we can get good at something instead of like a jack of all trades, like an inch deep and a mile wide. So in my mind, a certification, like right now I'm, oh my gosh, I'm having so much fun, Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm redoing, uh, me and two other amazing humans at CBT Nuggets, Jeff and John, we're redoing the whole CCNA. So, That's awesome. I, I mean, it's not confidential. It's, uh, we're just, we're, it's just like, I, I'm trying, I, I, we peer review each other's work. And I'm like, I'm watching Jeff's content. I'm watching John's content. And like, oh my gosh. Cause we're targeting an entry level person. Right. And explaining the details, like how, how do you prove that if the MAC address table on a Cisco switch doesn't have an entry in it and it's a unicast frame, that it does a flooding of that unicast frame? How do you prove that? Well, that's our fun job of actually demonstrating that stuff. Yeah. So anyway, it's a hoot. Um, so going back to um, the certifications, by narrowing the focus, a person can say, you know, there's a lot to know. By A+, Network+, plus, CCNA, gives you a chance to narrow your focus and really learn the fundamentals of what they're trying to cover in that blueprint. And then, once you lab it up and practice with it, you then have a, a base knowledge that is quantifiable at some level. And so, that, that for me, that's the benefit of a cert. It helps you focus on <laughs> something tangible 
and then you can grow on that. So you could get a, you know, you could go on to the, uh, the professional level. You know, Cisco is not the only, as you know, CompTIA, Cisco is not the only company that has certifications. Uh, the same is true for Palo Alto. The same is true for Fortinet. The same is true for Microsoft. The same is true for uh, Google Cloud and AWS. And the list goes on and on and on. So um, I think certifications, if if we want, if a person wants a certification just so they can say I have the certification and just so they can get a job interview, that's going to harm you if you don't have the skills associated with that cert. Because I interview a lot of people at CBT Nuggets. We have trainers that want to work with us. And sometimes they bring, well, most of the time they bring me in near the end of that interview cycle to ask technical questions. And so I'll ask something really basic. I mean, really basic. Like, <laughs> explain to me how ARP works. Yeah. And I'll, they'll say, so if somebody does an ARP request, for them to respond back with the unicast, do they also have to do an ARP? How does that work? I'll just ask. These are basic. But I'll yeah. ask it because I'm not asking you to do, you know, spine leaf architecture and, you know, VXLANs across the whole network. I'm asking you about the basic fundamentals. And um, people who know those basic fundamentals, like really know it, and can articulate around it, those are people that I want on my team. Because not only do they know it, but they can also explain it. And as a teacher, that's what we're looking for. That's so awesome. I'll remember that next time I apply for CPT Nuggets. <laughs> ARP. Watch out for Keith ARP. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, also, it also depends on the, uh, you know, we hired Kelvin not too long ago. Uh, actually, a year ago, Kelvin Tran. Yeah. He's uh, 19. Oh, wow. That's crazy. He started helping me on my Discord server when he was 16. And he's, one of those, so awesome. he's another one of those smartest people I know in networking. And he's going to college right now. You know, um, yeah. he's brilliant. Uh, and so the questions I would ask a person depend on who they are and where they're at in their career and so forth. But I really think that knowing the fundamentals, it's also fun. How, how yeah. you know this, how fun is like Tinker Toys. It's like once you have all these pieces and parts and how do I put them together and how do they work and make it a game and you'll never have to really work for a living. So it's just a big game until it goes down. And then you're <laughs> yes, I, I literally dealt with that today. But yeah, absolutely. I understand completely. So I want to actually talk about, you know, you're, you're talking about backing up your knowledge, you know, you're studying for these certifications. What is some great, I, I know the answers to this, I think, but what do you think is the best way to back up this knowledge? Um, to like really know it? Yeah. There's only one answer to this question. <laughs> it's hands on. Do it. Yep. Build, yep. build a home lab. Yep. Yeah, I'm absolutely. surprised still about how I'll, I'll go, oh, I'm going to lab this up. That doesn't work like I thought it would. And I'm yeah. like, I've been doing this for 30 plus years. I was like, wait, wait, what's that? What's that? And sometimes, and then the other cool thing is if it doesn't work like it should, I can also say, okay, this should work. Let's troubleshoot. And that can leverage all those other skills all around it as part of the troubleshooting. So back in there, I've got four uh, Dell servers. I have four in my rack behind me. Nice. It's all it's all soundproofed off. And I've got my so mic <laughs> cutting off at 100, megahertz, 100 hertz on the low end. And then I have some uh, filters with OBS that help filter out the fan noise and such. Um, but yeah, labbing it up, like sometimes, sometimes it's not some, there's a lot of great emulation tools out there like CML and vir Viral and uh, EVNG and Genus 3. And sometimes they do a great job and sometimes it's just 
not quite enough. And so I oftentimes will go out and I'll spend a couple thousand dollars on a couple firewalls with like lab licenses, either yeah. virtual ones or physical ones. And people say, well, you're going to spend $2,000 on, you know, firewalls that you're going to use for like three or four months. Yeah. You know, yeah. What, you know how much those are worth to me? It's like oh, absolutely. <laughs> one firewall yeah. with hammering through it and being able to show I have everything solid as, you know, tight. It's going to be worth tons and tons of revenue based on my and knowledge of how that thing works. Absolutely. And I will preface that is you don't have to spend that much money. on No, 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 no. Especially when you're starting out, you right, know, right. Buy, don't don't even buy new equipment. Buy nope. used eBay equipment, you know, um, a gold catalyst 3500 switch or something like that um you know let me show you, we'll let me show you something job. real quick hold on absolutely <laughs> yeah it's show and tell time it's show and tell time nice so this little doodad this is a 3560 switch it was manufactured in i'm looking for the year here 2012 wow <laughs> As of this recording, that's over a decade ago. Yeah. Guess what? It has power over Ethernet. It has an SFP adapter for gig fiber. Right. has a gig port here for copper. It supports, besides PoE, supports you know all the security measures. And so, you know this cost? I bought this a couple years ago on eBay. I think it was Let's like $45. I was going to say, I was going to guess about 50 bucks. Yep, so. yep. Yeah. So I bought five of them. And that way I could put them all together with, you know, little crossover cables and do my whole spanning tree analysis and everything else. And then routers, the same thing. They're just so cheap. And, and like you said, it doesn't even have to cost anything because tools like Packet Tracer are, what's the word I'm looking for? Free. Invaluable? Free? Oh, there we go. Yeah, even Free. better. Yeah, Free. and invaluable. So you can build a whole, so you can get that hands-on practice and not have to spend a dime. And, Absolutely. Uh, so I'm and, a big fan sometimes, of Sometimes, you know, if, if you, when, when you're working for, like, say you're working on the help desk, go to your management and talk to them like, hey, I'm interested in becoming a networking, you know, becoming a networking engineer. This yeah. is what I'm doing to study. And sometimes you can ask them, hey, do you have any outdated equipment that, you know, I could potentially take home for a home lab? And, you know, a lot of times, sometimes they'll say no, and that's okay. But a lot of times, they're they're more than happy to get unload this old equipment on you. Um, and every time I do that, my wife just glares at me as I walk in the in the door with armfuls of networking switches. But uh, you know, um, that's another great way to do that. Yeah, and like you mentioned with Meraki, you went to like a, a demo, and then they gave you yeah. a free uh, switch or access point or what have you. Uh, that's a great ideas. Um, when, Many when other I, vendors will do that too. Yep. Yep. And when I went to uh, for my job, my first job interview in the '80s <laughs> um, with the laser printer story that I told you about with Anita Martinez, guess what? One of the first things I took home was a laser printer. <laughs> a laser printer. She goes, "You know what? Nice. You want to practice disassembling one, doing a, a, a preventive maintenance on it?" I said, "Yeah." Took it home. There was a few extra screws. I'm not going to lie. There was a few extra screws that I didn't actually replace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But. But again, it was a good experience, and that can be gained with very little uh, capital outlay. But the one thing that has to be done is work. You know, you have to spend the time, have some interest, and do the work. Nobody, nobody can exercise for you. Nobody can get their hands-on practice for you. Uh, they may be able to give you gear or a treadmill or whatever it is, but 
it's up to us to actually do the work as far as lifting the weights or configuring the firewall or configuring the router or configuring the switch, et cetera. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. And, and I, I shouldn't have even mentioned probably buying thousands of dollars worth of gear. Um, as a person gets more advanced in their career, that becomes less and less of an issue. But yeah. I still remember when I first starting out, um, if you can do it, like when I, when I first got my CCIE in 2001, going way back, uh, I had to buy a lot of gear because there was no option. There was no right. option for simulating or emulating any of that. So now we could emulate a whole CCIE rack with exactly. anything we needed and we could do it for almost free. So I would say, you know, uh, also people sometimes have a little, uh, a little bias towards, Oh, it's not real hardware. It's like, if you're working in the cloud, right? Yeah. You're never going to see the gear ever. Right. That switch you're configuring, that firewall as part of this, you know, uh, thing. You're not going to see the physical gear. You probably had to learn how to use and read LLDP, so you could verify where the, you know, where they're connected. <laughs> That's an important skill. Um, but yeah, I I think that getting hands on practice and doing it for little to f- no money is a great idea. There's something about feeling that Ethernet cable, pl- you know, click into the port. You know, you you can't. S- emulate that you well, know what i mean well let's see here Hold <laughs> on a second. so get yourself the 40 dollar thing and do this about 10 times get it out of your system yeah and then get to work <laughs> in configuring because uh nice. i i do love the i mean i gotta like you, do you have like a stack of used gear at somewhere oh, at yeah. home yeah me too my wife's like i'm i could go to the recycle store for you and take all that stuff like no way get yeah. out and I use it all the time. Like I got a 25, I have a little Cisco wireless controller, a little 2504. Got it on eBay for like, I don't know, $100, I think. And it works great. There are a few access points. Okay, so they don't support Wi-Fi 6. Guess what? I don't care. You know, it's yeah. just... <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes you may have to work around a few things like maybe uh, the certificate is built in on a device that was made 15 years ago. You got to set the clock back a year or two for it to all work. But again, those are small little things. Absolutely. So I give I have this debate often on my channel, and we kind of already touched on it. But I really feel that having too many certifications with no prior actual job experience is a big red flag to employers. And like I said, we kind of already dove into this, but I I, I hear so many times like oh, I got to go get this certification, this certification, this certification, and then I'm going to start applying for my first job. <laughs> Do you mind talking about why you think? If you agree, why do you think this is a bad idea? Uh, yes, I'd love to chat about that. So I heard a salesperson, uh, a, a speaker one time talking about starting a new business. And he talked about business cards. This is back in the day. And so he goes, you can, if you're waiting for your business cards to arrive, right, where you make, you order the business cards, you wait. Now today we order the business cards, you turn around, they're at your door. But 20, 30 years ago, it took a week or two to get business cards printed yeah. up. So his comment was... Instead of waiting for business cards and waiting two to three weeks to start generating business, get a piece of paper, write your name on it, hand it to people, and get to work. So <laughs> I, I I think it would be better to start looking for work before you ever have a cert. And that way, as you're doing, you may not get too many interviews, but the interviews you do get, you can get feedback on what they're looking for, more experience with that interview process, more experience with what they're looking for. You can always ask the interviewer, like, okay, so... 
what would, do you think would be the best things for me to focus on? I see that I'm not getting this job, <laughs> but what do you think would be the best things for me to focus on to improve on and take that feedback? And so I would say, Absolutely. as far as certs go, if you really want a job in IT, I would start interviewing and start that process first and then work on the certs as you go. And then it may take a while to get a job. And by the time you do, you may have some certs built up. I also think uh, when I was at Paramount Pictures back in the 90s, uh, I was not Cisco certified at that point. So it was like 90, uh, 90, 93, 94-ish, <laughs> if my brain serves me correct. Anyway, I wasn't Cisco certified at the time. And later, I got my CCI and the second CCI and some other certs. And then I remember somebody reaching out like six years later after I left Paramount Pictures and saying, Keith, I need to get my CCNA. How how'd you get yours? It's like, one day at a time, brother. That's how I got mine. It's like... I, I set a goal and I just made sure every week that I was doing something in that direction. And it's really about, so as a human, I'm pretty dramatic sometimes with like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I, when I hear myself say that, I think, wait a sec, slow the, stop the truck. I need to just set up habits, small little habits. And that will carry me all the way to any goal that I in, can, like I may not be an astronaut because that's not too reasonable. But as far as a certification or a skill set or something else, it's the habits that are going to get me there. It's not the, but I will, you know, I will get that or die trying. It's like, absolutely. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> because. Oh, 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 go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> that happens all the time where people say, and just, it's the consistent habits that are going to drive you for financial benefit, technical benefit, et cetera. Absolutely. I don't know if you've ever heard of this book called uh, Atomic Habits. Have oh, you yeah, ever James heard Clear? Read that? Absolutely. Oh, I'm, I, I'm working I on that, that twice, right now. I read that twice a year, and it reminds yeah. me like, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so yeah, I, I have an audiobook. I that twice a year. I go through it, and it reminds me uh, about what I should be doing to get to my goals. And I just thinking about books too, uh, Dakota, is that if we just take like one or two concepts and apply them, it's better than listening to all the concepts and applying nothing. Absolutely. So that one, and I also love the book called, I think it's called Make It Stick or Made to Stick. Interesting. It's about storytelling and how to help people remember what you said. Oh, I'm um, checking that one out. <laughs> After this, I, I'm going on Amazon and ordering it. <laughs> and those two books are great. Awesome. Well, you know, we've talked about certifications. We've talked about career paths. Now I feel like it's only right to talk about what it takes to land that first job and really kind of go into some details. You know, what do you think is the first steps and you know, the next steps you really should be taking to try to land that very first interview in a networking position? Are we talking about a person that has a little experience or no experience? Yeah, I, I figure, you know, someone that has a little bit of experience, maybe if start, you know, maybe they're on the help desk for like a year looking to kind of level up their career. Okay. So if I'm going to put myself in those shoes, so I'm at the service desk taking help desk calls, what have you, and I want to, or maybe even servicing the, you know, like printer doesn't work, whatever, helping, is that the kind of work I'm currently doing? A absolutely. Okay. I would befriend the networking folks. That's Absolutely. the first thing, because every company's got to have them, or if they outsource them, I would befriend them and, and be genuine and say, I would very much love to uh, improve my career and get into networking. How did you do it? And spend a few dollars to buy them lunch and get to know them and do it, and then do what they tell you to do. 
<laughs> uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's how I'd start because most, let's see here. Uh, I'm trying to think of an exception. I can't think of one at the moment. Every job I've ever gotten in networking has been somebody reaching out to me and saying, we'd like to hire you. That's so cool. Uh, except, cool for my first, except for my first job where I had to, you know, and that, well, actually that was too. I was in school and they came to me and said, we'd like to interview you. And I did the whole HP printer thing. Um, so I'd befriend the networking people and then I would start building my skills and just don't stop. Uh, the Native American Indians have a thing called a rain dance. And rain dances always work because they can just keep on dancing until it rains. Uh, and that's the that's thought so I have with interviewing for jobs or getting into networking. Just don't stop. You can interview 10 people or 10 companies or 11 or 12, and they all don't go good. Keep on studying. Keep on. It's like, like James Clear's habit. Just set a habit of saying, I'm going to go ahead and interview or I'm going to apply at three companies every single week. And maybe there's no interviews for a month. It doesn't matter because you're still studying. You're still improving. You're still interviewing or trying to interview. And that's the secret, I think. I, so for me, I'd, be, I'd just befriend the people who are doing the job I want and then ask them what they should do and then do it. And then demonstrate you did it. Just like you with, the, um, with Meraki. That manager Absolutely. was probably blown away. It's like, whoa, I just told this guy about Meraki. He took the initiative to get the free demo equipment, put it all together, and now he's actually using it. I want that guy on my team. So. Yeah, ab absolutely. You know, we've, we've unpacked such great advice with this, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, one thing I always think is fun to wrap up these uh, interviews is um, you have a disaster story that you had to deal with in your IT career. And how did this disaster make you better from it? Like, how did this improve yourself? Okay, so I will share just one of many disasters. <laughs> uh, so early on in my career, I used to have a top secret clearance at some point in my career. I won't tell you exactly what year it was, but somewhere between now and when I started, I had a TS clearance. And I was at a facility, and I was using a terminal emulator with several tabs open to core equipment. And I had highlighted, painted, you know, click and drag, some configuration off one device. And I didn't realize that the middle button they had was set up to paste. It was Cisco oh. gear. I was on the, I was, I was looking at another switch. I did a paste accidentally with the button. And because, you know, Cisco, it's a, uh, it's you put the config in, you press enter, and it says, okay, we're going to yep. destroy the network. It, yeah. it took down the whole network. It was a big network. Oh, and so, gosh. Um, the very first thing I did was fessed up. You know, I called the right person saying, I just destroyed this whole section of the network. It's going to be down for a minute. I then thought to myself, how do I reverse this? And the answer is, in a Cisco world, you go and you say, copy, start, run. To oh, take, yeah. yeah, instead of rebooting the switches, which on a Cisco switch in those days, it could take sure. like five, 10 minutes. So I did a copy start run, you know, <laughs> and about ah, a few minutes, it was back to normal. And then I just uh, realized my lesson was um, don't go into, don't, don't, don't tool around in privilege mode or configuration yes. mode when user mode is fine. You know, because a lot of times you're like, oh, I want to be in privilege mode. I want... It's like, you know what? 
I can do all these show commands I need right here at user mode without any chance of toasting the whole network. So that was my, that was one of my earliest, biggest mistakes. Um, and I didn't get fired, fortunately. We were a contractor <laughs> for the government. Uh, but I was so embarrassed that I thought to myself, I need to be more careful in the future. I need to treat these production networks because there's change control uh, for people who are brand new to the world of networking. There's change control processes you need to go through, change windows and approvals and rollback plans, and then you know the, the maintenance window to do the change, and then enough time to roll it back if you need to. And that's all there for a reason. And I just totally... <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and to be 100% honest, I, I, at my very first job in the field, I did something similar. But unfortunately, the change I made, I lost connectivity to the switch. Oh, I had so you're no out. Way to, I was out. Oh. Uh, so, and all the phone traffic went through the switches. Oh, well, so I couldn't call anyone there. And I just happened to know one of the general managers at this. It was a hotel company. I knew his cell phone number. I called him. I said, go down to the basement. There's a rack of equipment. I'll tell you which thing to unplug and plug it back in. Don't ever do this without my permission. But I want you to unplug it and plug it back in. And when it did that, it rolled the config. You know, the config came yeah. back oh. uh, five minutes later. But that, that was the most. I was sweating bullets for those five minutes watching. You know, my continuous ping. You know, <laughs> you know, not you know, not go through. But um, I think the biggest thing to take away from that is you're gonna you're gonna screw up. You're gonna yeah. have these screw ups. We're all only human. The yep. the best thing you can do when this happens is just to be honest, to tell someone, you know, hey, I did this. Um, it rarely, I think, you know, you'll rarely it'll be a disciplinary action. Once in a while it can be, but you're going to be far better off career-wise in general, just to be honest about that. So. Yep. And I heard, of, I heard a story about a guy who lost a million, a multi-million dollar contract with IBM and he went to his uh, manager and said, I just lost this whole contract. It's a multi-million dollar contract. I guess you're going to fire me. And the manager said, after all the money we just spent on training you, <laughs> the, multiple, <laughs> yeah. the multiple millions, we're keeping you. So um, I, I agree that uh, the management is probably not going to get rid of you because of one mistake, uh, especially if you're willing to be a little humble about it and, and willing to you know, fess up. Absolutely. I mean, you're probably going to have an eye over your shoulder for a little while. You're going to have to, to wear that for a little while, but you know, it's expensive to hire new train, you know, and retrain someone. Yep. Um, that's not something a lot of companies just want to do willy nilly, especially when you start getting into those higher level positions. So yeah, absolutely. Well, Again, thank you so much for taking all the time and sharing so much great knowledge. I mean, I could talk your head off for days, um, but if people want to find out more about you, about CBT Nuggets, where can they reach out to you at? Well, they built this thing called the search engine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you do a search for Keith Barker, I'm the one that's not the soccer player. And that's I was just, just about to say. <laughs> yeah. As far as I'm aware, you don't play cricket, but. Oh is, it, oh, is it cricket? I think it was cricket. I don't know. I, I found that okay. out the other day. I'm the one that's <laughs> not, I'm not athletic. So I'm the one that's you not know. athletic, but you can find me at CBT Nuggets. Um, I've got a YouTube channel and uh, probably some other, you know, the com is where I have a whole bunch of packet tracer labs and um, yeah, I'm easy to find. Absolutely. Thank you again so much. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this video and until next time, keep learning.